In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We are continuing in this Easter season, and we will continue to look at the Acts of the Apostles, that story of the very first Christians, those disciples who were called by Christ, many in person, to create something new, to actually create the church that we have inherited. Today, we hear about Paul and Paul having a vision. Last week, we heard about Peter having a vision, and this week, we hear about Paul having a vision. Now, I have a friend who tells me regularly that she has visions, and she will tell me with great sincerity and energy and enthusiasm about the vision that she had and the thing that God was calling her to do, and I always nod politely and say, that is so nice. I do not have visions. I don't know about you all. But I honestly have never seen something like what Peter sees, that sheet coming out of the sky, or what Paul sees, a person talking to him. Those visions are not for me, but maybe visions happen in a different way. I think we can often explain visions in ways that might be like dreams. When we are asleep, we may have those vivid dreams and we really feel like we're being spoken directly to, that God is trying to get something from us, to move us, to nudge us, to do something that is perhaps new for us. Or perhaps dreams are like inspirations. When we really take time to consider who we are and what our gifts are and what we want to be in the world, maybe there's that epiphany moment where we've got that inspiration and in a sense, we have a vision that helps to put us on a new path and a new direction. One way or the other, Paul apparently has an actual vision with a person talking to him that compels him to leave where he is and to travel to Macedonia. Paul gets up and he travels to Macedonia. Specifically, he travels to Philippi. Now, you may recognize Philippi if you have been reading your Bibles because there is a letter to the people at Philippi. We call them Philippians, and that's in the Bible. And it's a really good book. You would like it a lot. In Philippi, Paul starts a church, and he loves this church. And in a sense, we get a bit of that origin story today. Paul travels with his friends and they go to Philippi and they're there for a little bit. And on the Sabbath, they go down by the river and they begin to talk to the people down by the river. A group of women is there and they begin to tell the story, to tell the story of Christ, what God is doing in the world through the person of Jesus. And there is a woman there named Lydia. And Lydia, Lydia has leadership, agency, authority. She is a business owner. She is there and she's got the capacity to make something happen. She receives this story. She hears Paul talking about Jesus and she opens her heart to what Paul is saying and God fills her up. Her entire household is baptized and she becomes one of the cornerstones of the church in Philippi. Now, this story is very interesting on many different levels. First off, Lydia is a woman who seems to have a lot of authority in the first century. That is unusual. There is something quite interesting about that, but we're not going to talk about that today. Instead, I want to talk about Lydia's agency, not because she's a woman, but because she's got some comfort and security. She has a lot of choice in this world. 
That's where I think she connects with us in the best way. We, all of us sitting here today, have a lot of choices. We have a lot of agency. We can decide to come to church. We can decide to live in Dallas. We can decide what kinds of careers that we wish to have. We can make a lot of choices about how we live our lives. That is not so common in the world. Lydia, here in this story, is very much like that. She's got a lot of choice. And there, in that moment, Paul's story really impacts her, really changes her. That's not common. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been surrounded these last couple weeks with lots of stories of people graduating. There are high school graduations and college graduations. I've got some people in med school graduations. I mean, graduations are all around us in some way or the other. And graduations are exciting for many reasons. One way to consider graduation is a look back at work well done. People have done a lot to get to the point when they graduate. But really, graduation is a lot more about what's to come. Yes, work well done, but it's a pivot point. Graduation's really where a change happens, and that shift is moving someone toward a future. They have done a lot of work, and they can celebrate the work done, but it's all in order to do something new in the future. That pivot point is something that we can mark when we are connected to school. But how often do we mark those pivot points in our lives when we're not in school? How often? Do we actually find that we have finished a particular chapter of our lives and we pivot to the next chapter? Crisis points are often when we pivot, and there are some good crisis points. Maybe you graduate, maybe you get married, maybe you have your first child, maybe you get your first real job, maybe you move to a new city, and then there are those downer crisis points, those moments that really bring us down with sadness and often despair those moments that scare us. And one way or the other, those crises are often points in time when we have to make a choice about who we will become that is often different than who we had been. In this story today, Lydia has one of those pivot points. Lydia is just minding her business, and God breaks through and nudges her and pushes her and makes a change. For us, the choice to follow Christ, the choice that brings us into the pews this morning, is often, and accidentally and unintentionally, we think that the choice to follow Christ is nice and good and polite and maybe the right thing to do, but it's often in a way that fits our schedule. It is at our convenience. We will follow Jesus because, I mean, Jesus, he's so nice. We will follow Jesus, but really only insofar as it fits our life. Right, Because we actually want to live here and work there and do that and be wherever. And then if we can also be Christian, great. That's not really what God wants from us. Christianity is not at our convenience. Christianity is actually not that easy. Choosing to follow Jesus is a choice that should make a change. It should be a pivot point in our lives. And I want you to make sure that you hear me clearly. This is not about at some point pre-Christian and now Christian, that's the one pivot point. No, no. 
Jesus is calling us and breaking through, and God is trying to shake us all the time. And just when we least expect it, God can actually grab us and turn us, twist us, pivot us toward the life that God wants for us. And it might just be when we are actually most comfortable, most secure. We may even say we are happy. And God then comes and breaks that all up. And we get to make a choice. We get to close a chapter of our lives and start something new. We get to choose to follow Christ again in a new way, in a different way. We get to make a choice that can actually change the path of the rest of our lives. And this happens throughout our lives. We are never done. Do not sit here and compare yourself to other people. Do not sit here and think, well, you know what? I come to church every Sunday because some of you do. Some of you I see out there, I don't see you every Sunday. I am here most of the time. So I do actually see most of you. Do not sit there thinking, I've actually kind of done enough. Like I'm, I'm way ahead. I'm definitely top 10% in this room. That is, not, that is not what we're talking about. What we are talking about here is a never-ending beautiful expansion of who God made us to be. None of us are ever actually finished. We may be in a different place on this spectrum, in a different part of our journey, but God is not done with any of us. Today we hear again the incredible ways in which people in the past have made choices that have allowed us to be right here today to hear this incredible story. Imagine who will come after us, how their lives can be impacted and changed forever because of choices we make today or tomorrow, the lives we choose to live today or tomorrow, the faithfulness that we display because we have chosen to follow Christ once again and perhaps even in a new way. Each one of us has incredible gifts and we can continue to grow in our faithfulness, to choose Christ again and again, to allow God to take our comfort and to break it up in a most beautiful way. God is not done with us. God is not done with you. Amen.